the International Women's Day podcast series, brought to you by the Gender Equality Team in the Faculty of Medicine, Health and Life Sciences. So I'm Dr. Sean Rowe and I'm the Athena Swan representative for the Centre for Biomedical Sciences within the School of Medicine, Dentistry and Biomedical Science. For those of you who don't know, SWAN is a gender initiative which all universities in the UK and Ireland sign up to. The school currently holds a Gold Athena SWAN Award, yay, which we were awarded in October 2020. So the podcast aims to ask women about their experiences of work and family life during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm joined here by Dr. Moelisa McCrudden, and thanks for joining me, Moelisa. So, first of all, could you start by telling me who you are, what you do, a little bit of background, anything you like to say about yourself? All right, thanks very much, Sean. Um, so yeah, my name is Moelisa, and I am a teaching associate in the Centre for Biomedical Sciences Education. Um, I've been working in the Centre for, I think it's about 18 or 20 months now, but um, my background is very much laboratory-based research. So um, I'm a biochemist by training, and I stuck around Queen's and did a PhD. Uh, following that, I went to Dublin for a little while, did a little bit of research in UCD, which I loved, and then I came back to Queen's. So I've been in Queen's since 2009. And yeah, I've really enjoyed the transition and the move across to teaching. As yeah, well. you're, mainly, you're mainly teaching focused now. It's, I'd, I'd say that's been a big difference between your laboratory focus before and your teaching focus now. So. Yeah. What about uh, the pandemic? How has it impacted on your work life and your family life and your general uh, demeanour and what's going on for you? Yeah, I think, well, like everyone, everything changed kind of almost overnight. We went from being in the centre, meeting our students face to face, teaching them in large lecture theatres and, you know, laboratories to suddenly talking to them through a computer screen. Uh, So that was a big shift. Um, I'm certainly one who works off kind of visual cues and body oh, language yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. to be trying to teach students but not having that sort of feedback from them i found quite challenging i have to say um having said that um, my husband is also working from home so we've managed to get into a pretty good routine a pretty structured day that you know we make sure we get all our work done you, you've managed to resist the temptation to stab each other <laughs> yes no thankfully <laughs> <laughs> um but having said that, I mean, I suppose the biggest impact on my personal life has been just not being able to see, not being yeah. able to see my parents who don't live very close by, missing out on seeing my brothers and my nephews growing up, as well as family oh, yeah. and home. Yeah. So that's been kind of tough to deal with. Yeah. And any other aspects of family life that that affect that are affected by the COVID pandemic? Um, specifically, it would be the main kind of concern for me would be both of our sets of parents because they're very much in the vulnerable categories and, yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that we just haven't been able to see them. It's just not the same talking to them over a computer screen as much as, you know, as much as it's important and helpful. So that's been the major impact for us. But also, you know, um, you know, we have wide, you know, friendship circles and, you know, you're not getting to see those people. Um, we've done the Zoom quizzes and all the rest that everyone's tried to do, uh, but it's just not the same as having that face-to-face contact, is it? Yeah, and uh, well, I suppose, I mean, I, I obviously don't want to jump in with my own opinions, but living with uh, with living with my own partner, 
uh, it can be a little bit claustrophobic, you know, with the same person <laughs> all the time. No matter how much regard and love you have for the person, it is the only person that you're seeing face to face from yeah. one end of the day to the other, one end of the week to the other. So it's yeah. it's really good for a relationship in some ways, but it tests it in other ways. Would what how would you what how would you speak to that? No, I I agree with you one hundred percent. Um, and I think we've been lucky in that we can, as I said, sort of set a routine and not spend every waking hour together. It's very <laughs> distinct. You do your work, I'll do my work. So do, do, are you fortunate enough to each have your own working space within the same house? Yeah. Oh, you know, that's that, huge. That's, that's already had I... an office for my husband, so he was set up. Yeah, but yeah. He, he straight away, well, about three or four months into all this, and it was becoming apparent that we were all going to be at home for so much longer. Yeah. And he said, right, we are setting you up an actual office space. So <laughs> this is my office, which doubles as a spare bedroom. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure most people's offices do. Um, yeah. But you know what? That was important was getting a divide between home life and work life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I close the door here and I don't need to look at what's behind the door. I don't need to look at the desk, yeah. the computer. Previously, when I worked in the dining room, it was just... Yeah. It, it, kind of work had infiltrated into home life and yeah I, I felt that about some colleagues when I've been in zoom calls with them or teams calls with them and I've seen that they're they're uh, they're they're working from their children's bedrooms and I feel really sorry for them because the headspace that you have to be in when working isn't the headspace you want to be in when you're in your children's bedroom it's it's got to be difficult so I'm very fortunate similar to you that I have a reasonably good dedicated office set up can close the door behind me once I close the door behind me, I'm not in work anymore, which is great. It's a great way to be. So the theme for International Women's Day is choose to challenge. What does this mean to you? I think you can interpret it a lot of different ways, Sean. Um, so I did kind of think about it a little while and I thought, well, what what am I challenging? I think in the last almost 12 months now, certainly my ideas around a conventional working day have been challenged uh you know around we don't necessarily need to fit to the nine to five five days a week model you know if you can thankfully have the flexibility to you know make your work work for you you can you can sort of adapt it around family commitments and responsibilities and caring yeah, yeah. responsibilities for example so certainly that has been challenged i think on a certainly a kind of almost a global perspective let's be honest because everything has changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so mm. I think also what I've learned over the last 12 months is that this has challenged me to work completely differently to how I normally work. Um, I was not a person who sat in front of a computer for eight hours a day. I was a person who worked in a lab for eight mm. hours a day and spent <clears throat> occasional time on a computer. Um, or I was teaching students for four or five hours a day and spend a little bit of time in front of a computer. So certainly my own just balance of how I get my work done, but still spend so much time in front of a computer has definitely been a major, major challenge for me. Over yeah. The last oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you could read it, choose to challenge. We could read that in terms of choose to challenge the status quo, be it in we're obviously talking from a university perspective, but in a general workplace perspective, you know, should we be saying absolutely yes, we should be seeing more women in higher roles and with greater responsibilities. And um, I think, yeah, let's choose to challenge the, the hierarchical system, which has in the past certainly been focused in the male 
kind of sphere rather than the female sphere. So yeah. that's a couple of different ideas that kind of floated around. Yeah, I suppose I suppose in some ways uh, you don't have this particular problem yourself currently, but I know from conversations with colleagues, the homeschooling responsibility seems to have fallen on the female partner in relationships, etc. So that kind of thing has thrown those kinds of issues into stark relief uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, uh, for yeah. sure. So the last question is, what have you done during the pandemic to protect your mental health? Very important question, actually, certainly from my point of view, but we're yeah. here to listen to what you have to say. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think getting outside, getting away from the computer and getting, and I do mean outside, I mean the fresh air. Um, I'm lucky that we live outside of Lisbon, so we have countryside on our doorstep. So yeah. I'm able to get outside and straight away I'm walking in the countryside. You know, take the headphones out, don't listen to any podcasts, don't listen to any music, just literally listen to the birds and the tractors yeah. and, what you know, the little bit of distant uh, traffic you can hear. So getting outside as best I can every day, but let's be honest, there are days when the weather just is wicked, yeah, yeah, doesn't, yeah. doesn't entice you outside. It, it, it's, it certainly made lockdown three a lot harder than lockdown one. Didn't it? Weather. Absolutely. Yeah. So funny, yeah, lockdown one, and when we were allowed to go that little bit further, we kind of discovered the morns. Yeah. The morn mountains are on our doorstep, and it was the first time, bar one trip up Donard that we did a few years ago, this was our first chance to actually explore the morns. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've done the usual. I've done a little bit of banana bread baking and sourdough baking. I've definitely jumped on all those bandwagons. I'm feeling I'm feeling very inadequate in the face of all the sourdough experts. Really? <laughs> since the lockdown, because I've done nothing of the sort. <laughs> I'm still I'm still a sourdough novice, but you know, practice makes perfect. Um, and then the last thing I would say is my garden. Don't have a huge garden, but what I do have, I just love. So getting out and planting bulbs and trying to get some herbs on the go and you never know there might be vegetables in the future. <laughs> oh right. So you could be you could be emulating the good life series from the 70s where potentially. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I don't think we'll be self-sufficient anytime soon. Let's oh, put it I, that way. I, I know I know our mutual friend Denise uh, is very fond of uh, she's now keeping chickens and she has an allotment. So oh, she's aiming to become very self-sufficient during the pandemic. <laughs> Well, there you go. We'll know who to go to if we need eggs anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, she's vegetables and, and she's keeping chickens for eggs. So there you go. Um, it, people are becoming very creative in this pandemic. Um, are, you, are you happy enough? Do you, do you want to say anything else or is there anything else you have to say to the themes of the questions? No, no, no. I think that's um, all that I was kind of hoping to say. Just, yeah, striking the balance. As you said, Sean, I don't have the responsibilities of homeschooling and so yeah. on. Um, which means that I think my perspectives will be quite different to, you know, working yeah. parents' perspectives, for example. But at the end of the day, everybody's perspective matters. So yeah, I think it's for sure. Anyway, that's all the questions I have for you today. Uh, so thanks, Moilisa, for taking the time to talk. And uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast when it's completed. Looking forward to it, Sean. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> For more in this series, subscribe to Queen's University Belfast's Shaping a Better World podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.